From the studios of WHUPLP in Hillsboro, North Carolina, this is Dirty White Belt Radio. Innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it, make it way harder For them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger Lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight, fight Welcome back to Hillsboro, North Carolina, the center of the known world, for another episode of Dirty White Belt Radio. I am Jeff Shaw. Welcome back to Hillsboro, North Carolina, the center of the known world, for another episode of Dirty White Belt Radio here on WHUPLP. We have we got the band back together this week, and Trevor Hayes, my brother from another mother, my co-host from the early days of the podcast, one of the dirtiest white belts out there. Absolutely, I mean, your white belt has to be gnarly <laughs> at this so point. <laughs> so Trevor is back in the studio with me, along with his student and upcom- and MMA fighter, who has an upcoming fight February tenth. Not not a. Not an MMA fighter yet. Not an, oh, Not mu- an MMA mu- fighter yet. Yep. Muay Thai. Yep. Muay Thai. All right. You know me. Like, I've been hitting the head a bunch. Anyway, Roland Mizell is in the studio with us. We're going to talk about his upcoming Muay Thai fight. But first, got to tell you how to get a hold of us. We're going to do the news segment, and then we're going to talk with Trevor about his brand new school, Chance Muay Thai Academy. We're going to talk about the fights at XFP last night where Trevor was wrapping hands to the stars and got to observe a bunch of local luminaries and local hometown heroes get their fight on. We're going to talk about all manner of MMA, Muay Thai. We're going to talk... Trevor's going to teach me how to throw a really beastly leg kick. We're going to have lots of fun in the martial arts studio, as always. But first, if you want to get a hold of the show, you can email us at cagesidewhup at gmail.com. You can always check out the show online at dirtywhitebelt.com. We post all the podcasts there as well as blog posts, things like that. You can get at us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash cagesideradio. We're on Twitter and Instagram at dirtywhitebelt and dwbradio. And so let's get right to it. So you guys, uh, last night the XFP held one of their one of their promotions, one of their MMA fights, uh, which was uh, it was called Hometown Heroes was mm-hmm. the theme for this one. And a lot of really popular and mainstays of the local fight scene fought on that card. And Trevor, you were there to wrap hands, to corner dudes, to watch the fights. What, can you give us your overall impressions of the event? Um, absolutely. It was uh, it sold out. I talked to Byron. I was like, "Holy cow, man! I can't believe he sold out." And he's like, "I I can't believe it either." And um, <laughs> but but you know the the hometown heroes name for it is appropriate, and that's why he sold out. He did the smart move. Like, yeah, no one has fights in Smithfield to that town. It's great, you know. Then you bring in Travis Holloman, who is I don't know if you've been to Johnston County or like Clayton. Like, you know, they have statues of Travis Holloman sitting around, right? As like, well, they should. Like, he's there's a, like he's a, there's, he's like, a beautiful there's man. like there's like you know like graffiti pictures on the walls. Now he has like the modest Yahoo haircut going on or something like that. <laughs> That, like, like he's like an icon there. So just just put like Travis versus a bear, and like it'll sell out. But uh, no, it was a good show. I'm happy for Byron. Um, you know, it's, it's like there's still the usual chaos of a show. But uh, I got to get there. As soon as I got there, he uh, said, "Hey, if I pay for your corner license, can you wrap hands?" So I wrapped like eight pairs of hands, <laughs> and uh, then I got to corner Travis. And um, the hometown guys, they they showed out. It was good. Um, I think it was four guys from TFTC fought that night, or well. Travis's team alpha male, but used to be TFTC. But uh, sure, Travis yeah, they, pro the, the, fighter. Yeah, the, the the hometown heroes like they they showed up and they they made it a good night of fights and it really brought a good. Uh, you could tell everyone was there for those guys. Everyone was there for the hometown heroes and it was a good vibe. 
Excellent. And we will list a bunch of those hometown <coughs> heroes, talk about their fights in just a second during this, this news, brief news segment. For our, for our listeners who aren't familiar with Travis Holloman, Travis not only trains jiu-jitsu and MMA, he, he was out here for a long time at TFTC, moved out to California to train, as Trevor mentioned, with Team Alpha Male, is now, I believe, 3-1 and one as a pro. He is. Yes. And uh, so has a bright future ahead, and perhaps one day they'll rename Johnston County Holloman County. Don't put it past him. So congratulations to Travis. Travis wins, I believe, a split decision. Yes. In the XF tough fight. Tough, tough fight. Yeah. yeah. I hate cornering MMA fights, to be honest. And like that was why I'm just like, oh no, there's so many things that go wrong. Oh no. Well, th- we'll get back to that in a minute yeah. because I do want to ask you when we get into a deeper dive about your Muay Thai coaching mm-hmm. about the difference in coaching MMA and coaching Muay Thai. Oh, that's a huge difference for me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for that. Other fighters that were hometown heroes mm-hmm. on the card. I know that Samantha Seth. Samantha Seth, who's a regular show guest. We mm-hmm. talked about her fight last. We took this that fight. That was on. a for 12 days notice 12 that was days a notice. dog fight yeah good so for her what do you know about sammy's opponent and tell us about the fight um i don't know her opponent uh i do know her coach mm-hmm. uh derek brunson who came up through the the north carolina amateur mma scene and now he's headlining a ufc show in charlotte who'd have thought mm-hmm. right and uh so he has a tough hungry group of athletes out there and um they have they have aggressive stand-up they've got good wrestling they've got great wall work um, and uh, and Sammy's advantage was her jujitsu, and um, it was it, it looked like the classic like striker that could, like when strikers start to understand wrestling and sprawling versus a jujitsu person, and uh, that's what it looked like. It almost reminded me of like an older MMA fight, and it was really fun to watch. To be honest, like they, watching them go at it, it was really cool. So it was good for her. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy. Great ha- fight. Yeah, she earned that one. She really did. I'm really happy for Sammy. We didn't. There wasn't a stream, so I didn't get to see the fight. I did notice uh, she looked like she was wearing it a little bit. Looked like she got tagged a few times. Bruh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has a chin. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know Sammy had a chin like that. Did she get rocked a couple times? Uh, I mean, there were some shots. I'm not sure if maybe just off balance, but I couldn't tell if she was off balance or rocked. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was. She took some shots on this one. Oh no, boo boo. Oh no. <laughs> but you mentioned it was kind of a classic striker versus grappler matchup, and you know Sammy has high level jujitsu training with John Shell, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up doing uh, winning in a unanimous decision mm-hmm. in that fight. Mm-hmm. And so it's great to see Sammy back on back on the horse, especially after the, the injuries she struggled with over the last couple of years. So congratulations to Samantha Seff. Yeah, James Quigg is still 2-0 against the Seffs, actually, technically because of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was Quigg, uh, Quigg, Quigg fought uh, Jeremy Seff, and then he was the one drilling with Sammy when her knee oh, got messed up. Oh. And so he made a joke about like, Quigg oh, being 2-0. That's dirty. And Samantha just went, that's, that's messed up. I went, that's, I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh, that's dirty. <laughs> yeah. um, for those of you who don't know, so, uh, James Quigg, who was also a guest. The I gentleman saw Jeremy Seff last night. I love, I, love, I love those triplets. Yeah, yeah. yeah I met the, I, I, when, when we went out to present John with the Jujitero of the Year Award, mm-hmm. got to meet the third Seff triplet, the one that I hadn't met before. The artist. The, 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 yeah, really Really nice guy. Oh, my gosh. Super nice. artist. Really yeah. talented artist. You know, one of these days, like, I don't know if, if the... So, uh, I don't know if the art that he did is available online, because he had a show where he had oh, done a bunch yeah. of uh, a, a bunch of MMA art, and folks had submitted photos for him to base it off of, and the, the work was tremendous. So, if it is available online, I want to find that and try and link to it, because a lot of folks that people know uh, mm-hmm. are, are, would be in that. Um, so, congratulations to Samantha Seff. Uh, uh, Doug Coltrane Doug and Coltrane. Mike Lines were the other two. Doug Coltrane, great fight. He... he that is the most intense person to share a locker room with. Oh my goodness! Like I'm sitting there, and he's the fight before Travis. He's walking around like Johnson County's my backyard. Ah, he's punching walls. He's scaring white people. I'm just going, man, Doug, you. I don't like you around fight time at 
oh, outside the gym, I like to hang out with you. Man, you are really scary right now. And he went out there and he he brought it for Johnson County. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah, Doug Coltrane winds up finishing his fight and winning Fight of the Night honors. Um, and Doug is a mainstay of the local fight scene. He's been around forever, has fought a bunch. And so he has been fighting for when you think about it, he's been fighting around here for a long time. So really nice to see him have success and really nice to see that card. And as you mentioned, Mike Lines uh, also wins. Uh, so well, did you wrap all those people's hands, by the way? Most of them. You know, you, you should. Uh, it's the good luck thing, the Trevor Hayes mojo. <laughs> uh, people say I do a good, good job of wrapping hands. I think they're bad liars. I don't know. So. <laughs> do, you, do you put, like, rolls of quarters in the hand wraps? <laughs> no. Like, uh, like the old pro wrestling game? No, I, I learned from The Simpsons a long time ago when Homer learned how to box. Mo had, like, barbed wire on his boxing gloves and called it the stinger, so I still try to do that. <laughs> I believe that's still legal in Sao Paulo. I think so. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, I think that's where men still fight women. They have soccer kicks. Like <laughs> yeah. they, allow, they allow pregnant women to fight in Sao Paulo, I think. Yeah. You, you know, we're making these jokes about, about, about Brazil, but like, what's funny is that's actually bare. They're true. <laughs> well, 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 what I was going to say is that that's kind of like Gabby Garcia's last few fights in Japan, right? Where you're you fighting know what? senior okay, citizens no. that are half Japan is the new Sao Paulo. I take that back. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, and that's wild. <clears throat> well, so, so we don't want to get off track here. We will get off track during the featured it's interview. It's very easy for me to get off track, and I apologize. <laughs> well, we don't. We'll, we'll get. Off, we'll let Trevor get as off track as he wants in the feature segment. No, but to, no. <laughs> to close out the news segment. So, congratulations to XFP for putting on a successful show. Congratulations to all the four folks we named: Doug, named or Doug Coltrane for getting fight of the night honors, Travis Holloman winning his homecoming, Sammy Seff winning a fight on twelve days notice. Very, very impressive. Mike Lines running the the victory slate to four and zero. Oh. And so, we will keep you posted on all those upcoming events. Other upcoming things that you're going to want to know about: um, March third is U.S. Grappling Raleigh. So, if you're a jiu-jitsu competitor you need to get out there and compete i'm going to be competing there it's going to be I get awesome to see bagels again oh yeah bagels is going to be back from his european jaunt i know i was talking to him this morning it was oh, awesome yeah right on so i'm sure he'll be there march 3rd uh, all your friends are doing it you look really cool go out and compete um and beyond that uh we're gonna on the other side of this break we are going to talk to trevor hayes and roland mizel about chance muay thai academy about roland's upcoming muay thai fight about what it's like to train with Trevor and about the, <laughs> and what it's like to corner Roland by by, by reflexive boss. property and uh, and all other manner of things about the local fight scene on the other side of this break. Our featured interview today is brought to you by Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Company. Toro BJJ produces the highest quality gis, rash guards, and grappling supplies for every Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. You can check them out online at torobjj.com. Our thanks to Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for making our featured interview possible. So let's get to it. Trevor has just discovered the fact that guys, some, what kind of artisanal earplugs are? I know I'm in Hillsboro, but what is this? This is deep. So, so I wish this is one of those times when I wish we had a video podcast because Trevor has just discovered the fact that someone left a used pair of earplugs they, on they, the they, desk they look, right in front of us. They look homemade, like these are from Hillsboro or Carboro or something. They kind of like look like the kind of thing you might buy online at AdamandEve.com. I think Roland saw me going for him. He's like, Trevor, don't do yeah, it. No. Don't stop being a child. That, don't do, don't grab the object you've never <laughs> seen before. And then as soon as I grabbed it, I immediately regret grabbing it. Do you want foot and mouth disease? Because that's, that's how, how you get foot and mouth, mouth disease. disease. Yeah. <laughs> so I am thrilled to have Trevor Hayes back in the studio. Trevor, welcome back, buddy. Glad to be back. It's a good feeling. Good feeling. So, you know, we have a lot of fun with Trevor because, you know, Trevor's a fun-loving madcap dude, but what a lot of our listeners may not know is that Trevor is one of the most respected striking coaches in the area, someone who's cornered a ton of luminaries, who has tremendous experience both as a fighter himself, as a coach, as a trainer, as a corner man. Uh, and, and so I'm really excited to pick your brain 
um, not only about all the fighting arts, but about your status as new instructor or new school owner uh, at Chance Muay Thai Academy. So tell us a little bit about Chance Muay Thai Academy. Everything you just said, I don't believe when people says to say that. <laughs> that's why and, we have to keep repeating it, Trevor. And well, no, uh, and I honestly think um, I think that's one thing that helps me. To be honest, is that so many people they get one compliment, and in, to, in today's society, one compliment you think you're the best in the world. Where actually you still kind of suck really bad at everything. Um, and and you know that sounds harsh, but it's true. Like I've I've never been good at anything. Realistically, like athletically wise, like sports wise, performance wise, I've never been good at anything. I'm just used to just I'm used to messing up, and so. I found something that I'm good at, apparently, which is coaching. And and now I just I don't accept that I'm that good, you know. And, and so I think that's why Roland will tell you I'm a huge jerk, like with the fighters. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> He's nodding pretty hard. And right um, now. <clears throat> and I and I tell the guys like I'm sorry I am the way I am. Like like uh like like people say these these high remarks about me, and I go I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I know I can be better than that. I can be better than that. Like there's other coaches better than me. How can I be better than them? You know, I, I wasn't a good fighter. I wasn't a good wrestler or jujitsu guy. I just, oddly enough, I understand violence. So, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, like you raise a very important point, and I want to definitely talk about your theory of coaching and what mm -hmm. you think makes you, you know, you a successful instructor. And we'll get Roland's perspective on that too. But you raise a really important point, I think, which is the most dangerous thing in the world is to believe your own press clippings. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that with a lot of folks, both fighters and coaches alike, where people start saying this person is a genius or this person is the next big thing, and that's wonderful. It's all everybody likes to hear accolades. But if you start believing that stuff about yourself, then it, it, I think it takes away some of your hunger. It makes you maybe work less hard it does it does I, I completely agree with that um, every time and when I was, and this goes back to when I was when I was younger um, I, I am a decent athlete you know I'm also just super lazy and like to eat uh, <laughs> however um, it, it's once I someone told me I was getting good at something I stopped training as hard mm -hmm. and so I think that's where like that kind of set in um, you know I was like oh I suck at a lot of stuff oh I did good oh I don't have to train as hard mm -hmm. and then oh, why'd I lose you didn't train as hard but I'm good that you're not. You're only as good as your training. And I go, oh, okay. So now that's why I'm amazed. Guys still put up with me for like longer than a year when I coach them. So <laughs> and this is why I think martial arts is so good is because it challenges you in that it's so easy to like get in that, that in your head of like I've achieved this certain level. So I'm a purple belt. I should beat up every blue belt. Yeah. Wait, wait. There are blue belts that push me that beat me. Okay, and that challenges you to continue to improve. Like you're a brown belt. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. about to start your jiu-jitsu journey all over again in like oh, yeah. what, like two, three years when you get your black belt. Yeah. Like you're you're at the you're at the bottom. You're a, you're 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 a really good white belt. <laughs> like that's. And I heard that from uh from Rick Screeton, mm -hmm. uh, my buddy Rick Screeton. He said. Uh, the happiest and saddest day of his life was when he got his black belt because he said, I'll never have a feeling like this ever again. And I, I kind of see that, you know, and it's like, hey, you're starting all over again. So mm -hmm. coaching's been like that fun point of me starting over again and, and taking a new look at stuff and seeing why all my coaches hated me in my 20s. And I don't <laughs> blame them. Oh, my God. I don't know how they put up with me. Well, we're putting up with you for the next hour. Uh, and Roland, you have to put up with Trevor a lot more than the rest of us do. So that's what true. makes Trevor a good coach? And if you want to tell us some stories of Trevor frustration, that's okay, too. Also, first right, off, this is Roland. It. He is making his kickboxing debut. February 10th? February 10th at the Durham Armory, Lightning Strikes. Roland's a good kid. Uh, come support him. 
We will put a link to get hair. <laughs> it is it is magical hair. It's like it's like point seven five Travis Holloman. Like yeah, it's, it's, we're we're approaching. It's on the way. He doesn't yeah. use. I'm trying to get him to use conditioners, and he won't listen. <laughs> we're, we're like in Brad Acosta territory, but not yet in Travis Holloman territory. I can see Brad Acosta hair. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, it's it's a bit all, more volume. <laughs> in all seriousness, we will put a link to uh, where you can get tickets to Lightning Strikes uh, in the Durham Armory, February 10th, in the comments of the podcast, so you can uh, put Roland's name in there and make sure he gets credit. So, Roland, what makes Trevor a good coach? What makes you enjoy working with him, and what makes him a challenge to work with? Yes, Roland, do tell. Well, the hour between practices is terrible. Like, <laughs> he'll, he'll go at you. He'll hurt your feelings. Like I've I've left practice crying several times, but then he'll like he'll feel I guess bad about it. He'll text you in the middle of the night. He'll be like, "Hey, you did great today. Sorry for being very rude." You know, and it just pushes you. You know, every day like that. He doesn't like get mad at you. He like is disappointed in you. You know, and that hurts more than anything else. You know, sparring. If I'm terrible, my hands are down. He yells at me. You know. And it's just every day you strive not only to impress him, but to impress yourself and then just leave a better fighter than you were before. Um, and then he catches every little thing. Like he's, I've trained with him since day one. So he's, every single thing that I know is from him. So every single mistake I've made, he's trying to fix. So, and he's just so emotionally invested in me that it's like, you know, he cares about my well being. When I fight and it's dangerous, he wants me to be safe. So, because this is a stupid sport, <laughs> it is a dangerous sport, and I don't know why I've stuck with it for so long. At, at a certain level, when you when you do this sort of thing, you have to you have to be a little crazy and just kind of kind of like respect that crazy. But so, Roland, how long have you been training? Uh, a little over a year, and then I took a hiatus. I had some personal stuff to deal with in the summer, so about a year of real training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, are you excited for this fight? How's the training oh, going? I'm so excited. The training's been going great. I'm, I feel fast. I feel explosive. I feel great. My cardio's coming along fantastic. I feel better than I've ever felt. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you even noticed a, a big improvement. You were at eight points yesterday with Josh and uh, yep. Chris, and uh, you said that people were saying you're you're like there's a huge improvement from yep. from uh, that. And it's don't let it get to your head. Nope. <laughs> okay, thank <Nope>. you. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. Get, get beat up by Trevor, the guy with a bunch of concussions. That doesn't feel good. So. <laughs> or, you know, you lose a fight, and then I I feel so, so funny story. We're getting off topic. Roland, had his, he's had three smokers now, and um, <clears throat> he had a smoker where he admits he he slacked off. And, yes. uh, and, and yes. he, he, he had a hard time showing up for this competition. And at the end, he gets emotional like everyone does. Like Jeff Charlie, you've seen me lose a grappling match. And I'm like breaking trash cans. And you're going, whoa, Trevor, it's not a big deal. But for a brief moment, it is a big deal. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and then Roland was saying, oh, I trained so hard. I was like, shut up. You trained hard for two weeks. Yeah. And then I, I gave him a huge huge tongue lashing and then I felt bad and then I bought him the best ice cream in the world yeah that ice cream was great it was almost worth the loss almost ice cream is awesome but victory ice cream is better victory ice cream is so much better (laughs) and yeah and that's the thing you know you know Trevor Trevor and I've been training together a long time and so I do remember that you were a white belt I was I was man I was a white belt damn like Kim was a white belt bagels was a white belt this Uh, was like when dinosaurs walked the earth (laughs) you know so many people oh my god but, but like stuck with jujitsu. Uh, <laughs> well, you should have. It's not too late. You can do jujitsu the rest of your life, oh, my friend. No, man. <laughs> but the 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 thing is, like losses. I mean, I think I think losses should hurt. You know, oh, yeah. because you put so much of yourself into this, and like to be emotionally invested. Like we should keep it in perspective, right? A, a loss is not the end of the world, but it should sting, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that was like uh, with Adley. He was bummed out. He's like, oh, I can't believe I'm I lost. You know, I got to go fight this easy opponent next, get my record back up. And I was like, No, you don't. You, you fight someone that's on your level. Otherwise, you fall to the other person's level that you just fought. 
And when I was telling them, like, I don't want you to fight world beaters off the bat, and I don't want you fighting a whole army of cans getting the big show, and then when there's a million cameras on you, you you don't look good. And and so Adley, Adley kind of understood where I was coming from. Like, losses happen. You know, and, and uh, stuff like Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu, um, you know, even MMA, like, like, you don't see many perfect records. You see guys, like, they have, like, five losses, six losses. No big deal because there's so many more ways to lose. Yeah. And so now I told Adley when I showed him after this loss, how many holes have we fixed? And he's like, oh, countless. And I go, there you go. I wouldn't know about these holes unless you lost. Plain and simple. Oh. Like, it, it's, it's a horrible thing to lose. You're not hurt. Like, you just lost. It was a tough end of a split decision. You learned, bro. Your next fight is going to be a real bad night for somebody now. Yeah, so. I'm scared. I, I'd be scared of Adley. Oh, and, yeah. and the nicest guy in the world, but not a dude to mess with. Our featured interview today is brought to you by Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Company. Toro BJJ produces the highest quality gis, rash guards, and grappling supplies for every Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. You can check them out online at torobjj.com. Our thanks to Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for making our featured interview possible. So let's get to it. To follow up on that, and after after you answer this, I want to talk about the new school Chance Muay Thai Academy. Mm-hmm. But we talked, we, we, you alluded to earlier that cornering MMA very different than cornering Muay Thai. Oh my gosh, I, it's it's my nerves for cornering MMA fights are terrible. I think you've seen MMA fights and you're going, whoa, yeah. coach is not. Someone get this man his dog. Like he yeah. is freaking out. And uh, so because with MMA fights, the X factor, there's so much wild stuff that happens in an MMA fight. There are so many things that happen in a fight that you could come from a great camp and there's so many ways to mess up. Yeah. Whether just like you stepped, you roll your ankle, can't shoot anymore. Haymakers, small gloves, your defense is wrong. Like you can't train with small gloves all the time. You have to train with big gloves. And and uh, the, the X factor of losing, I think it just feels so much higher in MMA. And then even you can feel great. All of a sudden, oh, man, like this guy is really making me push more. Like, okay, this guy found a new wrestling coach apparently. And now you're a bit more tired from the up, down, up, down, in, out, off the cage and striking, back to a takedown. You're going, oh, no, I was supposed to feel like this way in the third round, not the first. And that's just – it's tough. And then for a Muay Thai fight um, – I wouldn't say I feel more in control of the situation. I just understand. I understand the game of fighting for both. It's just for Muay Thai, I feel comfortable in that ebb and flow of a fight. You know, if if one of my guys loses, it's because, hey, that person was a better fighter that day. Hats off to them. Um, there's been several times in MMA fights where I corner somebody and they're a much better fighter. It was just the other person did something wild and we got caught or slipped up. With a Muay Thai fight, like, hey, if you beat, congratulations. You know, we've got a good team, kind of tough to beat. And uh, so with a Muay Thai fight, it's just uh, there's a lot less going on. <laughs> you know, being just punches, kicks, knees, uh, elbows, all that kind of fun stuff, um, it's just easier for me to see and understand what's going on and break it down between rounds. Where with an MMA fight, uh, uh, sometimes there's just too much going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there's so many more X factors, and it drives me up the wall. <laughs> So let's talk about Chance Muay Thai Academy. Yes. I, I wonder, has it always been a dream of yours to open your own spot? Man, no, I was talking to, who was I? I was talking to James Brown last night, not the singer, but uh, James J. Brown uh, fights out of Brunson's, and he, he's someone, I got him his first fight with Bull City Brawl, and now he's a pro, and, and he and I always, always talk. 
And he's like, yeah, man, like this is fun. I'm like a Power Ranger. And I'm like, yeah, you make a good point. Like I was a really bad Power Ranger, but I made a really good Zordon all of a sudden. <laughs> and once I realized I'm way better at being Zordon than I am being a Power Ranger, then it kind of became a goal of maybe one day I should do my own thing. And that was only in the past like couple years, to be honest. Um, I never set out to be a coach. Uh, funny, story time, yay. Uh, so uh, John Reese used to be a, a, a mainstay of the uh, North Carolina Muay Thai scene. Terrific he, he, fighter. He's an OG. He was one of the first guys that trained just in North Carolina, went to Thailand, knocked some people out, and goes, oh, all right, this is cool. And he came back and he started training fighters. And I've known him for a very long time. And um, he saw that he, he was the first to notice the direction I was taking from being – that rambunctious, mid-twenties, hard sparring partner, just not caring, aimless, not fighting, just enjoyed training and sparring. But he saw the little times that I would give advice to guys for like technical breakdowns, where stuff I might not be able to personally do, but I can see what they're doing wrong. And he was the first person to point that out. And so then once he got a, a bigger big boy job, yeah, sure, I'll say that, uh, up in Philadelphia, he says, hey, you're coaching now. I'm like, what? What am I doing? Like, you know, I'm just like a cardio, like kickboxing guy, and I work with fighters on the side. He's like, no, you need to coach. You need to, you need, you need to teach. Like, you've you've got that thing going for you. And then the first year that I that I taught, oh my god, it was terrible. I just didn't know what I was doing. Everyone's sparring. I think I ran more people out the door than I brought in. And then uh, old man Culver, thank God he's there. Uh, he uh, he really sat me down, and and the same thing like guys like uh, Chris Clodfelter, they kind of helped bring me along as like, hey, this is how you you make it a business more or less. Like you're, this is how you structure a program. And once I got into that, and I started appreciating the small victories, like fighters, I mean, I mean fighters, they're they're supposed to be good. You know, when you get Joe Schmo that works behind a desk all day, no confidence, his, he hates his wife or something like that, like needs to do something. Dude, when they learn how to check a kick, oh my god, it's the biggest victory in the world. Oh man, they threw a combination, biggest victory in the world. Like, you know, fighters, like they get their hands raised, it's a good feeling. But but to teach the average person to instill like some kind of work ethic or some kind of different mental process or new life skill, seeing that, uh, I found a passion for that. And then when I found that passion is when I found I need to I need to take that next step. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm going away from I'm still working with fighters. Uh, my goal is to help you know, train martial artists. And I see that now, you know, for a while I wasn't a martial artist. I was more like, you know, a, a gross wandering samurai that would spar if people needed sparring or something like that, you know? And then it kind of clicked. It's like, I can do more than this. And then, and then I hit like that adult phase and, and now I can relaunch, uh, <clears throat> with uh, chance Muay Thai Academy. And it, I get to instill a structure that I'd never thought about three years ago. Understanding like the the like under, everyone knows I'm I'm the coach, but understanding the pecking order in the class of like hey you new guys shouldn't ask the other new guys advice that kind of stuff, um, and, and having that control of memberships is nice too, uh, and and I get to I get to make it my own thing, and I've spent the past couple of years really, you know, learning from my mistakes, and I tell I tell my guys all the time like I'm sorry that I'm your coach because <laughs> I am going to make so many mistakes as a coach these next five years you have to put up with me. And I am sorry that you're in the learning curve. I think I've said that to you and pretty much everyone that I train. Dozens of times. Dozens of times. Where I, like, I'm still learning, you know. And now, and now the opportunity came along for me to, to do my own thing. And, and I had to go with it, you know, just to uh, 
grow in doing this. Well, teaching is a skill like anything else, like any like any kind of martial arts skill or any kind of life skill. And honestly, to get the endorsement from a guy like John Reese, who, as you mentioned, is an OG of the fight scene in North Carolina, terrific guy, really technical, incredibly technical Muay Thai, really good at jiu-jitsu, too, um, had to feel good. Uh, you know, John's John's really well respected, particularly in the striking arts. So oh, well, even guys like, uh, like Dale Fry. Mm. I've known him since a teenager, yeah. man. And he goes... You're doing so good with this, like, and and I help him out with with helping him out judge uh, or like ref Muay Thai fights, and we go back and forth. And he goes, "This is great. This is you finding your thing, man." Like, and I'm just like, "Dude, you're you're Del Fry. Like, you know, yeah, like no, you used to Dale's drop me body shots all the time when I was a teenager. Like, <laughs> you probably had it coming. <clears throat> oh, I totally did. Oh my god, I was. Roland's a great twenty year old. I was an awful twenty year old. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm. 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 One, I'm two twenty year olds. I'm one great twenty year old. One awful twenty year old. And then like a three year old on top. And then of there's that. three year old. So, like, yeah. So. Hey, Lourdes. Hey. What's your favorite tournament organization in jiu-jitsu? Um, that's an easy one. It would have to be U.S. Grappling. And actually, I love them so much that I'm going to go to their ref training in January. I know that they put on a lot of ref trainings because they're serious about the competitor experience. I've actually gone to two of the ref trainings myself because I wanted to be really sure that I was a decent ref. Yeah, I really like the way that they do the ref training. One, you can go to the ref training and you, you can get your training done. But then they even kind of mentor you at one of the events. And so you um, you get to practice doing your refing during real matches. And um, I really like that. U.S. Grappling is run by grapplers for grapplers. You can compete in the new year. Register early to get a break on price at usgrappling.com. So, Roland, I want to ask you a question that you can answer in any way you want, which is, what do you think the most important thing you've learned from Trevor is so far? Humility. Yeah, um... Oh, yeah, you ate some humble pie hard when yeah. you started with me. So I came in to the gym, and I was like, listen, I'm here. I want to fight. I'm going to win a world championship. And, that is, and you can ask Jeff Logan. That and, is the uh, one thing I don't want to hear from someone the first day I meet Trevor, him. Trevor took that almost as an insult. Like, yeah. that's why. I, but at the same time, I'm grateful that I said that because I've only been training for a year, and I'm making my debut now because you almost immediately he put me fighter. through the Pacers, you yeah. know. I was sparring after two months. I was, you know, I was at the fighter practices after like five months. Which is you know. for me usually a huge. Yeah. I don't. I don't have most people really getting comfortable with like loose sparring until like six months in. Right. But he said he wanted to do it, so yeah, I keep you going. Know, he, he put me through the paces, and I'm extremely grateful for it. You know, because here we are. I've I've made so much progress in such a short period of time, and you know. I would, like I said, I had a period of time where I had a lot of personal problems, so I was missing a lot of practices. And um, this is where I realized Trevor loved me versus Trevor was just a coach. Um, I missed practice, and I woke up, and I saw on my phone 69 missed calls. Trevor texted me 69 times, or called me 69 times. I'm like, whoa, bro, what's going on? And he, he hit me with the, I thought you wanted to be a world champion. And that instantly, I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> so I, you know, after that, communication came better. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to be able to make the 10 a.m. class. I'll be there at 12. You know, and he just, he made me realize that I'm not way up here. You know, I'm still way down here. I haven't even made my debut yet. You know, I'm, I'm still working towards something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just good humility. Like, it made me realize I'm just a human being. I make mistakes and, you know. I'm grateful for every one of them. Yeah, and there's definitely levels to this stuff, and it's exciting for you to be make. I mean, it's exciting for me to hear you about making your debut, which is another really important step in that process. Right. So, what do you know about your opponent? Um, he's real pretty. Yeah, he's he's a pretty boy, from what I understand. 
Um, his name is Gerald Laddie. I think he trains out of Elevate. He's 5'10". He's making his debut as well. Um, is his uh, hair as good as yours? No. No, no, no not, not even close. Long I'm going gonna, gonna to punch him. I'm going to kick him. I'm going to knee him. I'm going to try to put him out. If it doesn't happen, I'll win a decision. Either way, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So I don't know too too. I don't know too much about him. I know his name. I know his height. I know his gym. Trevor, do you do a lot of research into your fighters' opponents for stylistic matchups, or not you, so much? No, I mean I used to make it a big deal, and then I realized me spending time looking over someone's tape is taking away time from me working with my guy. Really, all I care about is 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 he a southpaw or orthodox? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's how we train for a southpaw orthodox, and and I want and I try to tell my guys like. I, I try to instill as much of the game as I can. Too many people look at it going, oh, just you know, hit, hit these pads and spar. Uh, okay, but how do you fight? And, oh, God, did I sound like John Donaher right there? I hope I didn't. <laughs> Not at all. You didn't say oh, heuristic God. I said or that, ontology. and then I went like, oh, wait, was that Donaher of me? Oh, man. I'm definitely not one step away from being Hannibal Lecter like you, he is. You, so, uh, you might be the inverse of John Donaher. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm like the Mongo world version of John Donaher. Like, twice as dumb, uglier, shorter, not as good looking, and I do Muay Thai instead of Jiu-Jitsu. But uh, definitely mean, the inverse. Um, wow. That's so... So so the so so it's interesting when I hear you talk about the, uh, like your 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 scouting or lack thereof because that's a lot of the way Marcelo Garcia approaches mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu where he's like all I want to know is if the guy wants to take down or pull guard exactly beyond that for I'm for MMA I'll say I, I will look into tape a little bit more just for little subtle tells of people's chest posture how their feet if they get heavy forward or back um, if they have certain tells like fakes the hips and their level changes to see if they're a wrestler or a jiu-jitsu guy you know and how to address that. Um, um, for, for Muay Thai fights, it's really just if the guy is Southpaw Orthodox um, mm. because I, I believe in my guys. I really do. Uh, they, they might not think so, but I do believe in my guys, and I, and I believe in, in what I instill, and it's, it's that game like I was talking about. It's a chess move. Um, and, and I believe that every time something goes wrong in a fight, my guys have an answer for it. And if they don't have an answer, then guess what? We address it for the next fight. Mm-hmm. And that's the learning curve. Like that's why you see guys that are really good that might have a record of like nineteen and and five. Well, that guy's probably a monster, and you shouldn't fight him. <laughs> you see some guy that might be eight and zero. Okay, look at these guys' fights. Okay, you've only had a couple fights. You can beat this guy. It's eight and zero because of just his experience with fights. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes perfect sense. In, in, in combat sports, if someone's undefeated. Maybe they haven't fought the right people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to ask you both the same question. I'm going to ask Roland first. Roland, what do you think your strengths are as a fighter at this point? Hair. Uh, <laughs> just uh, my coaching. You know, like he said, the fact that he's throwing me in there gives me the confidence to know that I'm ready. I had my first smoker at five months. I fought a 220-pound mammoth, <laughs> huge dude. <laughs> that was hilarious. You know, and I didn't get scared, really. I should have been terrified. You know, he was humongous, but I didn't get scared because Trevor invested that confidence in me. Mm-hmm. He put me in my first smoker at five months because he knew I was ready for my first smoker. He's, he's letting me make my debut now because I'm ready to make my debut now. So just the confidence of the coaching and the confidence that he has in me to make my debut gives me the confidence. Um, other than that, I kick hard. So that helps. <laughs> That's more what I was. I, I, w- I was interested in how you asked the question because I was wondering about the, what you consider your technical strengths. And so it sounds like the kicks. Like other than hair, Trevor, what do you think Roland's strengths are as a fighter at this point in his career? IQ. Uh, he 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 does understand the game of it a little bit quicker than a lot of other guys that I've worked with. And like I've told him that I'm like, hey, don't let it get to your head. Like you still have to understand the comfort zone of applying this now like in the gym it's one thing yeah. like if you give me i sit all the time uh in the gym um if you give me 10 percent of what you give me in the gym it's enough to win a fight in my mm-hmm. book uh just because i am such a jerk of a coach and i demand so much 
and we do the reps, and it's annoying, and we do the cardio, we do the conditioning, and I tell the guys, as hard as you just trained, on your worst day, you can win a fight. Yep. You just have to show up and do it. If you don't show up and you don't do it, hey, stuff happens. Yeah, and that, caught that's, myself on that one. Whew, almost, <laughs> almost dropped the S-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I was but starting that, to go, that's tough. <laughs> but, but that's another important insight in there in that, like, a lot of times people assume that, you know, it is very important to train to win a fight on your worst day when, mm-hmm. you, when you're sick. When, you, when you're like, oh, I rolled my ankle and I couldn't do my cardio. It's important, you know, because anybody can feel confident on their best day. Right. But it's important to know that, you know, even if things go wrong, we're all right. On we're your worst right. day, you can still win a fight. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned kicks. And I want to ask this. Uh, so this question is for Nancy Sherman. Uh, one of my favorite techniques in Muay Thai is the leg kick. You yeah, know? Yeah. And I'm curious, Trevor, what do you think the keys are to a really nasty leg kick? Not trying so hard. It's actually true, yeah. It's very true. Um, uh, one, one thing I hate seeing are people that try to kick hard. Stop it. Stop trying to hit so hard. Learn the technique, man. Like, I never tell my guys to throw with power. Speed, accuracy, and technique makes power. What is it like? Like I don't know, some equation for like torque and force. I don't know. So look at it like that. You know, it's like these two things equal this thing, which equals that. Oh, oh my God, rocket surgery, I think right? That's velocity. Whatever. <laughs> Something that you you went to school in Florida. You probably have better education than me. No, you don't. Um, stop it. And uh, so, um, what I tell guys, uh, so many people want to try and hit hard. I don't care. You either naturally hit hard or you don't. Like with the proper technique. Like Roland is is. Like he he's starting to hit hard. He's learning how to punch right. He's using his body, um, so it's 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 knowing how to use your body to make power. Um, I can throw really like you guys complain all the time in practice, coach. Why do you kick us so hard? I'm not. I'm just I'm kicking you. Like I'm just doing the movements and loose, and I'm confident and I know I can do it, and I know where to hit every time. So the the biggest key is uh, also the setup. I take that back. Um, Mm-hmm. So many times you hear me yell uh, in, in practice, rolling here all the time, no naked kicks. Meaning, if you're not comfortable in that range to kick, you're a little too tense to throw a kick. Or you might be making the wrong steps in, you might cover too much space, your body's going to turn the wrong way, and you might get caught with a punch on the way in or out. Um, understanding your range, having the setup, busy combination to follow a leg kick, um, the looser you are with the combination, the looser the, the turnover, and then and it's like you know it's like hitting a takedown, man. Like you know which ear to get on the outside of the hip, or you know to hey, I'm going to keep my eyes straight forward in that chest and change levels. I'm going to glue their their leg to my my chest for all you jujitsu guys. Yeah, I used to wrestle. What's up? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and it's that same concept. Like you know where it's going to go when you drill it so much. You know you don't kick every spot on the leg. You kick one spot. That's the middle. That's the Charlie horse, and it's awful. And, and those reps make a good leg kick, man. Like, mm-hmm. like you feel like leg kicks when you first started, you were trying to kick down trees. And I'm like, stop, yep. dude. And now you go, oh man, that guy hates my leg kick. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you're listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of those situations where the less you try, the harder it is. After I realized that, because he was right, when I first came out, I was trying to punch as hard as I can, trying to kick as hard as I can. After I realized I'm a big dude, I don't need to try to do this. And I was just using my body and using technique. I was, you know, You're the like, first knockdown with a punch I ever got, oh I just backed up and threw my hand out and dude face planted. <laughs> that was such so, a hit you know. that ring bounce. He hit the ground so hard. So, is there yeah. video? There is video. Man, there is video. Where is that? We gotta find that. Yeah, we Do you have it on your phone still. Hopefully, we can share that because that oh, sounds man, like cool. he first planted this kid. It was hysterical. Well, so I will anticipate seeing the face plant video, but I do want to return to the technique of the leg kick because mm-hmm. what you say makes perfect sense to me, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. In that, I think a lot of us 
listeners that watch fights but don't train a lot of, of kickboxing will understand. Sometimes you see a dude, and it looks like he's swinging a baseball bat with his leg, but it doesn't seem to do as much damage as an easy, smooth kick from mm-hmm. maybe a more accomplished practitioner. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's like you see some, how come that guy's takedown is so effective? How come that guy's takedown isn't effective? Yeah, it's that same thought process, you know, and and it's that it's like when you shoot a takedown, you can feel a takedown. Yeah, it feels like butter. Oh my god, that person feels like a child, and you're about to just pile drive. Blah, no, no birthday cake for you, kid. Same thing with punches. Same thing with punches. Yeah. yeah. Same it, thing. You just you hit that and you feel it. You're like, Whoa, like, like this you is see great. it in fights all the time. Like you see some guys get hit with like a little like check hook, and their, their lights are out. You see some guys throw these big, huge shocks, and the guys will walk through. So I have questions about this because, you know, you focus on the fundamentals, and, and that's pretty clear from, from everything that you say. So I'm interested, you know, especially as someone that's moving from training fighters, although you're still going to train fighters, to training the average person. Somebody walks in off the street, it's like, I want to do this for fun, to learn something, to, you know, maybe to defend myself better, whatever. What do you think of in terms of a fundamentals curriculum? Like, what do you teach people first when you're teaching the Muay Thai? How to walk. Yep, movement. How to walk. So many times I see people their first day. Uh, they might want to throw like I understand it, it's Muay Thai you want to throw punches you want to throw kicks and I, and I tell people bear with me you know when you come to the class look at the other people and realize they had it worse off than you probably when they started um, and, and literally it, the most important thing is balance and learning how to walk all over again I tell guys all the time if you are not balanced and you can't walk you cannot fight I don't care if you can stand still and throw the hardest punch in the world Francis Nagano. if you can't do anything else Oh, well, you're out of luck. You're in a tough sport, and it's about to get way tougher if you can't move. And so um, it's, it's I teach people uh, uh, the fundamentals of, of balance, how to properly check, how to step, how to move. And, you know, and along those ways, I do go over the, the very small intricacies of how to, how to properly snap a punch out there. I, I'm, I'm way bigger about defense, to be honest, with beginners. Um, yeah, offense is cool. Your defense is offense is what wins a fight for you. Um, and, uh yeah, like just the fundamentals win fights, man. And, and and so many people, I want to do the spinning elbow. Okay, <laughs> hey, take one step without without shifting your balance. Okay, well, I can't do that. Okay, so you can't throw a spinning elbow. A couple months later, uh, Donovan Price. He's our homie. Like, I love this dude. He was like a college soccer player. He's game. Um, he really wants to fight. But I'm like, be patient, be patient. And he's learning it. Then one day, hey, can we do spinning elbows? No. A couple months later, hey, can we do something fun? Okay. If you guys are good at the end of class, let's see you guys do it. And it was a simple transition. Of, it was just an advanced application of the guy's fundamentals. Next, you know, bam, they're all cracking spinning elbows. We're going, oh, this is so easy. And I'm like, you want to know why? Because <laughs> I had to harp on you for four months on how to step. Yep. Like, you ever, you ever pulled a car onto the highway during your driver's license exam? It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I have, and it was awful. <laughs> this makes perfect sense to me, and yeah. it's it's analogous to jujitsu in that like the sexy part of jujitsu that people want to know are the submissions, right? Everybody's like, show me how to choke somebody, show me how to do a kimura, and it's like, all right, if you don't know how to move your hips, it's never going to work. Yeah, and and I'm going to digress and tell just a quick story from yeah, training. Go. I love story time. So like, I I, ro- I was rolling with a new and pretty enthusiastic person the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, this person's been training I don't know like ten weeks, something like that, very very into it. And so, you know, I'm not going to smash this person, right? Good attitude, new person. And so typically what, what I try and do in that kind of mode is I'm going to let you do what you know how to do and we'll see, we'll see where you're at mm-hmm. and, and then I'll react. And this was uh, – and, and like this is me kind of trying to be nice and it didn't work out the way that I intended at all. And I've, I kind of regret it and I'm going to have to figure out how to approach this in the future because this person uh, – 
wound up trying all kinds of crazy submissions from all kinds of different angles. And I wasn't moving, but the submissions weren't working. Mm-hmm. And they got really frustrated. And like, I'd meant this to be like a teachable moment. It's like, all right, you can know a heel hook and that's rad. But if you don't know how to enter the legs, if you don't know yeah. how to like isolate somebody's, you know, somebody's head. Dress your P's and Q's until you hit that heel hook. You're not going to get a heel hook. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. or, or literally any submission. And it sounds like it's oh, very, yeah. very similar from Muay Thai, right? Like spinning elbows are awesome. Maybe we shouldn't learn them. In Combat the sports have that same thing across the board man and that's why i love this like that's like one reason why i love mma is because um you can see all these guys with different backgrounds have that same philosophical belief of the fundamentals win fights and those are the people i started to, to you know gravitate towards and, and so, learn from so i think most of the people listening to this podcast know why you named your academy chance muay thai academy but i want i want you to explain it because you have a very charming dog uh yeah my dog is my world and people are sick of me posting about her no, <laughs> no you're not sick. no, no you're not you all love my dog deal with it um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's facts. No, uh, that dog, man, it, I, a lot of it is because what coaching did for me as a human being is kind of like the feeling like the same thing, like what this dog did for as As cheesy as that sounds, like Jeff has known me, Roland can kind of tell, he's like, man, Trevor, you're terrible at relationships. Like I'm very <laughs> cut off from other people. And I, I admit I have a hard time like showing ex- expressions of love and stuff like that. I have a harder time accepting it. And this daggone dog just loves me for no reason, just because I feed it and pet it, and it is the sweetest thing in the world. And it really helped settle me as a human being, which helped me become a a better coach. And uh, and it's also by chance that I got her, and it's by chance that I happened to open up a Muay Thai Academy. It also looks really cool on paper, and uh, it resonates well. Um, when you when you have the right name and the right logo, and you see it on paper, like on a fight card, or, or like you look it up, you go, okay, that resonates pretty well. And and, and with me and people that get me. They get it. For people that don't know me, they just see Chance Muay Thai and they go, ah, "That's crafty. I like that." You know, and I've he- I've heard good things about the logo. That or people are horrible liars. I don't know. <laughs> I'll just I'll just be like, "Yes, you love my dog. Deal with it." If you all know, if y'all are listening to this and you don't know Chance, you need to get familiar. So go She's like. She's been Chance. a co-host a couple times on here. Absolutely, we have <laughs> pic- we have, yeah, we, <laughs> we have pictures of Chance on the Instagram feed, but like it, you can also go like Chance Muay Thai Academy on Facebook and you'll yes, see please. some dog pictures because literally no one is sick of the dog pictures. Chance no. is a, a lovely and charming creature. Roland, Roland's shaking his head. Yes, I absolutely <laughs> love Chance. Oh yeah, everyone. She's my best friend she, when I'm at the gym. Yeah. Uh, uh, my student Zachary Bender, he's a phenomenal artist, and now he works for uh, Ranger Up as one of their head graphic designers, and he's he's releasing all kinds of great shirts. And uh, he hand drew this picture of I was like, hey man, can I throw you some money? Like draw a picture of my dog as cheese that sounds. He's like, oh, what do you mean to do with it? And I was like, I don't know, like throw some Muay Thai stuff on there. Okay, cool. And then he just gave me this amazing picture. And I went, oh yeah, this is my logo for like. Ever. This is getting tattooed on my body somewhere. Like it's a killer picture. It's and, and again, and if you haven't seen it, get it, when, when you see it in person, like I've heard people at gym go, the pictures online don't do that picture justice. And I go, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. One of the things, it's one of the skills that I wish that I had that I've I've like sort of worked to. to well, I mean, I have it a little Dude, bit. I can't even write my name right. I don't know how <laughs> people do that. It's like when people ask me like, how do how do you throw a head kick? And I'm like, practice. And I'm like, okay, well, you can learn how to draw with practice. And I'm like, I don't. Have you seen these hands? I, I think these you aren't need for a skill for drawing. Yeah, you yeah. need a skill for drawing. Yeah, it's funny, man. It's a skill that I've tried to acquire over many years, and I have like other sort of artistic skills. But like, if, just in terms of the the basic fundamentals of art and drawing, I would love to have that. And there are a lot of you know, but can't do everything in this life, I guess. You know, and so instead, I'm going to try and submit, guys. No, that's even better. Yeah, it's a good I'm, feeling. It's, it's not, not, yeah. nothing quite like it. U.S. Grappling is our favorite tournament organization for a lot of reasons. Run by grapplers for grapplers, U.S. Grappling consistently provides the best tournament experience for competitors. 
whether it's a points tournament or submission only, and US Grappling runs true no time limit submission only events, it's the best place to compete and to watch your friends compete. Check out upcoming events and register online at usgrappling.com. So, Roland, what do you think the best moment in your fight career has been so far? Was it the smokers? Or was it? Uh, um, yeah, I'm not going to suggest any more answers, but that's a really good question. Um, probably, yeah. After my first smoker, that was a really good feeling. I didn't, I didn't care about the result. I didn't care about anything. That was the first time I had competed in two years because I wrestled in high school. So getting back into competition was just such a good feeling. Because that's why I do this. I don't really like hurting people. It's just a part, it's the name of the game. Um, so yeah, after that smoker, man, I was so ecstatic. I like went back to my corner, hugged Trevor, and he's like, "Do you have fun, kid?" I was like, "Dude, this is the time of my life." Just bouncing around, go back out for the second round, you know, have some more fun. I was like, come back. He's like, there's one more round. I was like, I can't believe it. So the whole first smoker was just so much fun. Um, and then my second favorite moment would probably be losing my my third smoker. Look at you being an adult. Because it was such a like eye-opening experience. Because he's right, I only trained for like two weeks. You know, it was supposed to be a six-week camp, and you know, lazy, didn't do my work, didn't you know, didn't do my homework, so I didn't get the grade. Um, and it was super, you know, it was eye-opening because now I'm in practice two, three times a day. Like, I'm going to win this fight. I'm training really hard, you know, and it gives me the confidence. Last time I was scared. Am I going to win? Am I going to lose? Now I know I'm going to win. So, yeah, those are probably my two favorite moments. We'll add another one February 10th. Let's hope so. <sighs> Let's hope so. We'll put it in. Again, you can check out. It makes uh, me a happy coach to hear. <laughs> you can check out Roland Mizell's, uh kickboxing debut at Lightning Strikes February 10th at the Durham Armory. We'll, we'll put a link in the comments of the show where you can get tickets. Let's get philosophical for a minute before we return to the Throw fight. Throw it at me. Absolutely. Because, you know, something Roland said is something that I identify with and something that I hear a lot of combat athletes of all stripes say, which is, I don't like hurting people. It's just the name of the game. And, the, and, you know, the other, I was watching Clay Guida fight Joe Lozon the other day, and, and like, Guida legitimately felt badly yeah. for having, and, you know, Guida seems like an awesome guy, but, like, you know, this is a dude who's had, like, 18 UFC fights and, like, knows the deal and f- still felt really bad, and yeah. so we have this complicated relationship with violence where it's, like, such a powerful thing, such a powerful part of our lives, and, like, I can know for myself, like, if I submit somebody and their arm pops, I feel, like, it, oh, feel terrible after. It's, it's yep. not, I don't see it as violence. It's competition. Yeah, it's and once I realized it as competition, it, hey, how many how many people do you see get injured in football that don't mean to get injured? Yep. Every every even freaking badminton, I think people lose eyes. <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God, there's some Asian nationalist badminton player who's hardcore smoking cigarettes in some badminton dungeon with one eye, and he's the most intense badminton coach. He's got like an eye patch. Oh yeah, like, like totally yeah. And uh, <laughs> don't play badminton, but, kids. It's bad no, for you. It's like it's like hey, oh, okay, hey. If you play badminton, you might lose an eye, kid. Mm-hmm. If you play Muay Thai, you might get knocked out, kid. Yeah. It's the name of the game, man. And jujitsu. How many times have you just like you sat back? Oh, I tweaked my elbow. Oh God, hey, name of the game, man. Football. You break a collarbone, your knees blow out. It is the name of the game. Hockey. You just get uglier. You become Russian. You lose teeth. Like it's the name of the game. Like it's human driving your car. Yeah. No. Everything. Get, is like every everything has an end result, and you have to accept that. When you accept the end result of what you're getting into, then you don't look at it as trying to hurt somebody. No. And I, I, and that's absolutely right. I mean, yeah. all of that is absolutely right because it is all competition. There's risk to everything. But I guess what's different for me about combat sports, and like what I'm trying to get across is like my mentality shifts. Like I've 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 won competitions before where the the dude has has been injured, and like. Because it is a competition, right? Like I'm not trying to hurt your arm. No, you know, no. I'm trying. I'm trying to make you tap, and you know, and and 
I feel amazing when the tap happens. And yes. then like three seconds yes. later, I'm like, oh, no, you are, yep. you know. And it, uh, you're 100% correct. After my second smoker, you know, I messed the guy up pretty good. <laughs> and I didn't realize it during the fight. During the fight, you know, I'm trying to hurt you. I want to hurt you. As soon as the bell rings and I went and I talked to him and he was kind of like slurring his words and stuttering, I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I did not mean to hurt you. Like, well, I did, but I didn't. Like, you know, right. it's it's it's. It's one of those paradoxes, but it's super weird too because, like, and this it, it, it is it's such this duality thing. And for me, another well, thing is there, there's also like the between combat sports. I mean, it's like you hear Muay Thai goes, "I'm never doing jujitsu." Jujitsu guys, I'm never doing Muay Thai. <laughs> no, that's so true. Like, Muay Thai guys go, "You guys are insane. You guys just <laughs> yeah. murdered each other." Like your meme of you getting choked up by JoJo. Look at these white. Look at these white people. They're bothered by murder or, or like white belt. I forgot what it was, but it's hilarious. and it's true. Like I still look at it and go, "Oh my." God, and then you guys see us as barbarians, and we're just blasting each other with baseball bats and stuff. Right. But it's it's That's just really that, true. It's just the name. It's the nature of the beast, man. That's how it is. Yeah, and I mean, too. Like I admit, like what what what? Like, it's stupid to get hit in the face for fun, but <laughs> but you love it or you don't. If yep. you don't love it, then you you find something else. You do no, jujitsu. No, that's really no. <laughs> no. He's right though. <laughs> and, if you don't want to get hit, hey, and I respect people all the time. Like I'm like I'm not picking a fight with someone higher than like a purple belt, like at all. Same. I don't want to fight a ninja. No, dude, like, like that is the worst experience in the world. Like I mean, I really. Wish I could enjoy jujitsu as much as I enjoy Muay Thai. Like I mean, I grew up grappling, but uh, my passion became Muay Thai and striking of all sorts, and and it's just the nature of the beast. And that's the thing: a certain part of it is your passion, and like mm-hmm. we all like different things. And a certain part of it is familiarity, where it's like you can look at like you can look at somebody getting knocked out and be like, oh, that's what happened, and then it was fine after. Mm-hmm. Or I can look at somebody getting grossly bow and arrow choked, like oh, me, like you, and just yeah. be like, oh, it's fine. I tapped. It was. Everything was cool five yeah. seconds later. And it's just familiarity and being in that situation. One thing, though, that is another paradox that I want to throw at you guys just in the, in the minutes we have left, or, or at least see if you identify with this. So the flip side, like I've been injured by people before, and like they feel bad, and I'm like, oh, dude, no, it's part of the game. Right? Right. Like, when I, like worst injury I probably had is I popped my knee at rolling with, with De- Debut Dave Lawton. Super oh, yeah. cool, super cool dude. Missed that guy. Wish he would come back and train. And he felt horrible. And I was like, dude. I was trying to do things to you. You were trying to do things to me, and you know my knee hurts now, and oh, that yeah. sucks for me. But you didn't do anything wrong, you know. Right. I mean, it, it's like if the dude did something wrong, then that's that's a different thing. But it's like, dude, you're we're we're grappling each other. It happens. It happens. Yeah, that's what you sign up for. That's why I think if I get knocked out, if I lose, you know, if I get hurt, it's what you I signed, signed up, up for. You yeah. know, that's what I chose to do. Uh, same thing for you. Are you gonna get mad at me because I knocked you out? I mean, sorry, I'll do it again. You right. know. So it's one of those things. Like, it's what you signed up for. Like, I'm trying to hurt you. You're trying to hurt me. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to hold any sort of ill will. Yeah. How, why so. am I trying to get mad at you for what I'm trying to do to you? Exactly. You know? <laughs> so so uh, in, the, in a few minutes we have left, like, I want to talk to you about goals uh, for the next year. And I'm going to mm-hmm. start with you, Trevor, it, because, it, you know, goals for an academy, goals for a coach are different than goals for a fighter. Do you set goals, like, short-term and long-term? And if you do, like, do you have goals for the first year of Chance Muay Thai Academy? Do you, do you set, like— Pay my bills on time? <laughs> That's my goal, like, every month, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, like, really, it's like I have such a, a simple life now. Like, I don't have debt. I don't have credit card bills. I don't even have a car payment. I just – I get to teach, and, and, and my goal is I want to make sure I can cover, you know, myself financially, even though I don't – like, I can feed my dog perfect. Uh, I just want to make sure that I can keep teaching the best program I can. Do I have, like, a set goal number of students? Um, I want to say between – 
my cardio kickboxing program that I'm starting because those are just fun to do, to be honest. And it's a good workout and you get paid to do it. And I'm passionate about people getting in shape. I really am. Um, and then uh, between my white type program, between those two, if I don't have 100 students between both by the end of the year, I've seriously messed up. That's the way I look at it. Makes sense. And I mean, I think it does. Awesome. I mean, I don't, I don't ever set goals for, for being, um, do I want my guys to win world titles? Absolutely. Is my goal to have a room full of people with world titles? No. Is it cool to have a couple on the wall? Heck yeah. I want to see a room full of people that appreciate combat sports pretty much is what I want to go for, if that makes sense. Um, will I still work with fighters? Of course. Will, will the fighters still bring home titles every year and win tournaments every year? Yeah, absolutely. We're on a good track so far. Um, but, but, you know, I am, I am starting to – and, like, I don't like that, that role of, of head fight coach. I don't know why. It just doesn't fit well with me. I enjoy being the assistant coach. I enjoy I enjoy finding the little details off of the side. Working one on one with fighters is what I love to do. Or I get like two guys together to drill and stuff like that. Um, that's what I that's what I love to do. Um, you know. So uh, my good buddy Josh Brackett, uh, he has been just a huge help with my program. He used yeah. to run a, a Muay Thai academy outside of Chicago. He moved here with his wife, who they, they've both fought all over the world, and uh, he's been a huge help to my program. And and he, uh, be on the lookout for Josh Brackett. He's opening up a, a Muay Thai gym, possibly like the Holly Springs or Apex area. <laughs> and um, I'm going to tell people, like, if you really want to fight, like, you know, you know, work with Josh. He's, he's got a great knowledge. You know, he's, he's trained a lot of fighters. And um, I enjoy working with fighters on, like, on a per-fighter basis, more or less. And it gives me more time to, to – uh, the big thing about this is that I get to take my time to grow with uh, the education of combat sports, like the refing and the judging for with the IKF and with the NC Boxing Commission. Um, I've had a lot of guys like Larry Carter always talking to me and, and Doc Clinton and all these guys that I know from the commission from helping train them. They're going, why aren't you – judging fights i don't know why don't you guys let me <laughs> you know and so and, and they said they just they need more experienced people to do that and so this is the great opportunity for me to a uh build a martial arts program you know my classes are still the exact same uh just a little bit more structure now and i can focus on that uh that next step for me i feel is really that that growth and education of the sport as a whole for north carolina and as much as i can do in the southeast for for like kickboxing with with johnny davis and don roger and these guys and and they've really yeah, I'm young and I'm brash, but they can see that I, I tend to know what I'm talking about. Uh, I just have to kind of put an adult filter on. So <laughs> I'm making <laughs> that, you. That, that's kind of my that that's my goal is to to build a, a a solid martial arts program and to help educate people in combat sports more or less. After the wandering samurai comment, I was going to make you a wandering samurai shirt, but now I think I'm going to make you put an adult filter on it for your first chance Muay Thai shirt. <laughs> that makes sense. So I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so Roland, let's close out with you. We got about five minutes left, and I want to yeah. I want to hear about your goals for the next year. Okay. Your your long term goals, if you have them. Yes. You know, and I don't know if you still have that that world title dream. Absolutely. Excellent. So let's talk about your short term goals and your long term goals, and then we'll talk about how uh, how you see this fight going. Uh, my immediate goal is to win this fight on February 10th. Um, and I think I will win. And I think I'll probably, I'll probably finish them sometime in the third round, if not a dominant decision. Like I'm very confident in my abilities and what I'm gonna do. Um, Long-term year goal, I want a belt by the end of the year. Um, I want to fight five to seven times this year, and I want a belt at the end of it. Um, and then at the end of that, we'll probably switch over and start doing MMA. Uh, so you know, this kid's actually way more natural at like grappling and jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And I go, whoa, that is way I, scarier to look at. I pick it up so quick. The scrambles are so natural. Like if I get caught up in a scramble, I feel really confident in my abilities, regardless of your rank or my rank, um, in jiu-jitsu. Just the wrestling base of it, and I have good frames for stopping takedowns and getting takedowns. 
so yeah, you know, we're going to spend the year kickboxing, and then we'll probably take a year off of competition and just do jujitsu full time. Jujitsu tournament stuff like that. Yep, yeah, and then. What, we're in 18, so probably early 2020. I want to make my MMA debut. Excellent. So. And you're still young too. You're only 20. I mean, yeah. the world's ahead of you. And you also have that lanky ectomorph body type that grappling so, he's so gives loose and goofy. Fits, yeah, yeah you know? I'm, I'm super comfortable comfortable because of uh, years of sports. I started playing soccer when I was five. Played that through the start of high school, and I started wrestling. I played football. Just years and years of sports. I feel comfortable in my body. When I tell my arm to do something, it does it. When I tell my leg to do something, it does it. I tell your arm to paint my house. You can watch Rosalind Mizell make his his kickboxing debut this February 10th at the Durham Armory for the Lightning Strikes kickboxing boxing promotion. You can find links to that in the comments of the website. You can support Chance Muay Thai Academy by liking them on Facebook. You can check out Trevor Hayes on the internet. And if you're interested in learning the striking arts, he is a great place to start. I will testify that personally. Do you guys have any final thoughts? Anything I didn't ask about that you guys really God, wanted to ask? That, that hour flew by. It always me. does, man. Oh we gotta have like gosh. a we gotta have like start a Rogan esque two and a half hour. We do. Uh, we need to just sit back and just like talk for two hours about <laughs> stuff. Just put a live stream. Honestly, one of these days I'm gonna get uh, you, Andre Alexandrov, and Jason Colbreth oh, and start a YouTube God, channel no. where we just follow y'all around. <laughs> I and... refuse being the same room with both those people at the same time. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think people would watch. Uh, Yo, you know, Jason Colbert still lives in like the Cold War, right? <laughs> this is why we make it fun. Like, like he's gonna try and stab Andre. <laughs> like, don't do that. <laughs> okay. Any, any, like, any? I don't know. Well, I don't want Andre stabbed. Andre's the best guy ever. We, so, we, uh, we can Skype. We can all Skype together, and that'll be bad enough. Okay. <laughs> now, fair enough. Fair enough. So, Roland, is there anything I haven't asked about that you really wish I would have asked about? Uh, now you covered all the basics. Uh, come watch me fight, guys. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna try to put on a show for you. If not, it'll be boring. But either way, I'm still gonna <laughs> win. Um, so. I do have to give some shout outs. Uh, thank you, everyone. For supporting me, the outpour the outpour from the from the community has been absolutely uh, overwhelming, and and I it's weird to see people like saying they look up to me and they love what I'm doing because to be honest, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing, uh, and and I'm I'm glad so many people are along for the ride and so many people are supporting me. Um, quick shout outs, uh, my dude Ryan Lafree uh, helps run Miser Landscaping. He's helping me out financially with this, uh, along with my good friend, uh, James Vos with Vos Natural Stones. Oh shoot. Sponsorship plugs. Um, <laughs> James Vos, uh, he's, he, he runs a very successful small business and he said, this is the time to do it. Let me help. And then, uh, Gita Bot, uh, with Gita Bot Dentistry, uh, she, uh, she has helped out as well. And, and the support from the community has been, I cannot thank everyone enough because as soon as people heard I was leaving hey you want to come teach at my place and I go wait what <laughs> so but I got my thing going and uh, I'm excited I'm excited for this new chapter well thanks to everybody who has supported Trevor throughout his career and on this new chapter congratulations to you on the the, the foundation of Chance Muay Thai Academy Roland best of luck this week or in a couple weeks couple in weeks. your fight February 10th thank yeah, you very much anytime linear time and me have always had an uneasy relationship but we really like doing the podcast so my name is Jeff Shaw this is Dirty White Belt Radio my guests have been Trevor Hayes of Chance Muay Thai Academy his student Roland Mizell you can watch Roland on February 10th we will be back at you next Sunday and thanks again for listening 